Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. No! The players are going to vote to play, because guess what players do, Darren? They play, and they want to play. But in the end, the owners are going to kibosh it, because it's going to cost them too much money. So it's going to be on the owners. That's my prediction. We're going to get this baton really far in the relay race. And then it's going to be dropped near the finish line. That's my prediction on this. This is the Rod Peterson Show. It absolutely is. Good morning, Canada and Canadian sports fans around the world. Welcome to the RP Show. We're coming in hot. Episode number 449 of Canada's daytime sports talk show. Uh, Rod here and Darren Moose Dupont over there. Good morning, Moose. Good morning. Long time no see. Yeah, 12 hours. (laughs) Something like that. Calling hockey last night. Uh, I see the comments are coming in. Uh, from Larry Dye in Medicine Hat to Rod, the best radio football announcer. Wow. Nice way to start. Flattery will get you everywhere. Yeah, it will. Thank you, Larry. Uh, much appreciated. I know that there's a lot of footballers tuned in today uh, for our opinion on the news that dropped last night from TSN's Dave Neeler. So we're going to get to that. Forgive me. I'm just opening windows as we go here. Um, it's just great timing here. In that Don Unamba will be joining us from the Ottawa Red Blacks. The president, Don Unamba, will be with us. Current linebacker and coach in the fan-controlled football league. That's going to be fantastic. That's cool. And uh, Phil Andrews, the voice of the Regina Pats. So I'm going to have to ask you to hang around because Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg's watching on YouTube. And he says, uh, sure enjoyed snippets of Rod's call on Access Twitter feed. Can we talk about the Pats ice game? Can you hang on, Patrolman Pete, like an hour because we're not going to talk about that right out of the jump. Uh, because we have things to get to here in the Quick 6 uh, show topic. So please hit that, Director Jim. I should have been more ready for this, but that's fine. I'm just going to paraphrase here off the top. Topic number one. These, of course, are of importance to me, my top six. And I think, Darren, we're going to spend the whole warm-up here on the first two points, and that's all. Good. Okay? So number one was walking out of the uh, Brandt Center last night, the home of the WHL East Hub, when I saw the report from Dave Naylor from TSN that the CFL owners have proposed 20% pay cuts to the players in the event they have to kick off the season without fans. Full disclosure, the very first thing I thought was, hmm, they're going to play. Right? That's the first thing I thought of. It was positive because we all want the CFL to play. That's that. As I was walking to my car with Moose, different cars, same parking lot, I texted an agent and I said, what's your take on the, this news? By the time I got home, I had a response and I have it here. So I tweeted just a small portion of what his response was. I'll give you the whole thing right now. unnamed agent just said just the fact that they are spending at the floor to balance out for all these things like no fans and then now propose another 20% makes it tough for the players. For most guys, that will be a 30 to 40% pay cut to play football and risk their bodies. 
That's a tough ask. And he goes on to say, well, the president's coaches and front office staffs also take another 20%. I wonder if that's in the proposal. So that's the uh, take from an agent. The players, not all of them, but a lot of them are being very vocal on Twitter about this latest pay cut. And it's caused a lot of discussion here. People are saying, well, the coaches already took a pay cut and all this. No, you're not getting it. But the players and the agents are saying, we already took one. Now you're asking us to take another? That's their side. And I'm pro player, but I also understand this. And, and I know you're going to have thoughts. And I want to hear from the viewers, too. You know, the big Rush fan in Saskatoon, Travis Pilon, tweeted last night. He's like, I can't wait to hear what Rod has to say about this tomorrow morning, which is perfect. Thank you for that. But I might surprise you a little bit. Nobody wants to take a pay cut, particularly 30 to 40%. Who would want to do that? But from the other side, life is about choices. And sooner or later, people are going to realize, just myself, I could be working at an all-sports radio station now with my own show, making a fraction of what I'm making now. I don't want to do that. I made that choice. These players are going to have to make the choice. Do you want to play football or not? And if you do, you're going to have to pick up a second job. You're going to have to push off those family plans. That's what that it's things are getting real. So I'm not on the owner's side, but I wondered where the money would come from to play because I knew there was no money. And all of a sudden it's ding. This is it. This is it. They need to play to get the TSN money. TSN's going to pay them 5.5-ish million per team. Well, if they trim salaries by, on average, 33%, that gives them close to $2 million in wiggle room. Extra. There's your money. So it comes off the heads of the players. Again, so the players have the choice here whether to play or not and accept the terms. In the end, they're going to. They always grumble, but they always do. They always do. I don't like the direction of the CFL. I would have liked to have seen them go out and raise sponsorship by 200%. What does Paul say around here? You know, one of the owners of this show. Oh, we have this issue financially? Sell more. And then we do. Grow our business. Maybe it's in other areas in this building. That's what I would have preferred the CFL had done. Raise sponsorship. Don't take it out on your workers. But that seems to be a very popular notion in sports these days. So that's my take. Like it or lump it, you're going to have disgruntled players taking to the field this year. But if they can figure out a way, health-wise, to get on the field, they're going to play. And this is how. And TSN's the ones that are providing the money. But I'll just say this. I'm still not convinced that they're going to play only because of my health people have informed me that the variant is outpacing vaccinations in this country considerably. So we're not out of the woods. As a matter of fact, we're going into lockdown here in the sweatpants capital uh, shortly. So there is my take. And I got more, but you're the co-host. So what do you think about this? Keep rolling. I mean, my first thought was the same as yours, right? Oh, my God, they're going to play. Right. This is positive because we've never seen a solution on the table. And at least if they don't play, then at least there was an offered a tabled solution, right? This is how we can get on the field. This is we've we've done all this work, and if they take twenty percent, we can get on the field on time. That's exciting. Whether they take it or not, that's a different story. They might decide they don't want to. Um, but you're right. Football players want to play, and there's enough of them that they likely will. There was there's talk then about 
as fans come back into the stands, the players would get topped up, right? I don't know that that means that they'll get back pay for the 20% they missed in the beginning. Which is what the NHL's doing. It, I, I imagine it's, okay, as more fans come in, now you're only taking a 15%. Now you're only taking 10% haircut on your game checks. Now you're back up to what your game checks should be. I don't think you're going to get an increase to make up for the 20% pay cut. I just don't know if that's in the cards. I hope it is, but it is exciting. It is unfortunate for the players. I hope the team executives, the coaching staffs, and everybody across the league is, is taking the pay cut as well to help pay for it. And, if, and it's not just the players. Like, I hope all the executives aren't still taking their normal wage and all of the employees and everybody. I hope it's a collective effort that, look, at, we're all taking a little bit of a pay cut here, but we're all going to still be able to make somewhat of a living. We're going to be able to play football and save the league. So... It's, I think it's tremendously optimistic and positive, but I completely understand the players' frustration. I said when we were leaving the building yesterday that I'm tired of having to say I don't know or having the questions posed to me in the case of this agent who said, are the coaches' front office and presidents going to take a pay cut? I don't know. So that is a question I would like to see the leaders of the Canadian Football League answer. But the way this is moving with this news in the last 12, 13, 14 hours, it's positive to get on the field. It's not positive if you're a CFL player because who would want to take those pay cuts, particularly if others aren't in the building? And people are saying, well, the coaches already did. The agent shouldn't have mentioned the coaches because they are coaches and players kind of all in it together. Right. He should have mentioned the business people, but I was just quoting him. That's all. Um from Ryan McCarthy, he's watching. He is from the No Credentials Required podcast in Albany, New York. He said, here's my question. What percentage of fans will be allowed in CFL stadiums? 10%, 20%? Are they going to require proof of vaccination or, like in New York, a negative COVID test two days before the game? Again, questions I can't answer. Questions as we sit here today on March 24th. How can we predict what's going to happen in June? There's no way. Our premier, whom I love, he's become a personal friend. Scott Moe said just a few weeks ago, hang tight. We're almost at the end of this. Just let's keep it together on the lockdowns, the restrictions right now. We're almost at the end. All of a sudden, boom, whack. We're heading into complete lockdown. SJHL cancels its season. That's not his fault. He's going with the information from the health people who clearly can't predict where this is going either. So maybe that's a rhetorical question from you, Ryan, but it's one that nobody can answer. James Henderson in Borden, Manitoba says, either take a pay cut or retire. That's their option. Or go play in another league, fan-controlled football or something like that. I mean, as far as the sea of a rookie, $62,000 a year Canadian-ish, you want to lop 20% off that, that's twelve grand off. So $50,000 with the exchange. We're at $77 U.S. now. If you're an American, you're probably better off to find somewhere to play in America. But every player will make their own decision on that. Because there are, believe me, I'm talking to scouts every day in the Canadian Football League. They're like, we just need to play. That's it. Getting players, not a problem. There are thousands that will play for free. For free for the shot to get to the National Football League. So what are you chuckling at, Moose? Monty's concerned for you. Why? Rod, you hit yourself. I'm okay, but I've I think, been hit far I, harder than that. I think you're fine. 
Rob Williamson watching on Facebook says, let's get this CFL season going. The biggest thing that would help the CFL is to put all its energy getting back onto the field. Yes. And I think it was the gentleman from Manitoba who said, um, you can't sponsor a league that's not playing. Well, I didn't know how they were going to play. Right. So when I said, you presidents that are saying that you're optimistic, why are you optimistic? Where's the details? Well, thanks to Dave Naylor, I didn't know you were going to cut players' wages by 30 to 40%. Well, now that makes sense. I didn't know that. So thanks to Naylor, because somebody needs to report what's going on in this league. And this is what's going on in this league. From Cody Fajardo Collectors on YouTube says, I am your biggest fan ever. Well, thank you. I appreciate the support. We got to move on to point two. I have a feeling we'll come back on this, particularly with Don Yunaba. Tim Peel fired, I guess, by the National Hockey League. The NHL announcing this morning that he will no longer officiate games. He was supposed to retire in April. I mean, come on. This was blowing up our phones last night while we were broadcasting a major junior game, Darren and I. So he got caught on an open mic admitting the, an even-up call? I'm blown away by the reaction. Greg Wazinski, what's he running now? Yeah. Puck daddy, puck something. He says, oh, this is the first time he's ever done it, and he got caught. You, sir, shouldn't be covering hockey if you don't understand how it works. We've known since we started playing the game and working in the game that this happens. And furthermore, we don't even have a problem with it. When you get a penalty against you, or we're calling a game, and there's a penalty against your team, it's like, ah, it's a makeup call. You don't even have a problem with it. And I don't even need to research this. You go back and look at the score sheets of all the games in all the leagues last night and show me a game where the power plays weren't within one or two of each other. They always try to make it even. We don't have a problem with that. All the players know, the coaches know. If the fans and media don't know, shame on you. You should know that. I saw Matthew Barnaby tweeting this morning. This has been a part of hockey as long as there's been hockey. How do you fire a guy? This is another incident of an institution, in this case the National Hockey League, not standing up for their guy. It would be nice if somebody said, yeah, Tim Peel got caught on an open mic, but this is the way it works. I'm stunned they would fire the guy. And after, as I saw this morning, 1,354 games in the National Hockey League and how many All-Star games and Stanley Cup playoff games, Tim Peel's being fired this way because nobody will have his back on something that is a cornerstone of hockey that we all know and don't even have a problem with? This is astounding to me today. Over to you. (laughs) Yeah, really. And it's important to distinguish what the referee's job is. And... I really believe the referee's job is not to call the rule book. The referee's job is to manage the game and keep the game fair. And fair doesn't mean even. doesn't mean that the penalties have to be even and that's going to be fair. It's about making sure that, you know, one team's not getting an advantage. They're not cheating, right? Um, And managing the game. And I know this. I've talked to officials. And let's take in the NHL level. Um... Let's just because he's the pest, super pest, Brad Marchand. If he comes down the ice, um, somebody's stick infracting him, and he dives, and he draws the penalty. Great job by Marchand. But those referees see that on film, and they talk to each other like, he's making us look bad because we're calling all these penalties, but he's diving. So the next time that, that there's an actual penalty against Marchand, 
they're not going to call it because he's made them look bad. <laughs> we all know We that. all know that. It's managing the game, right? It's managing uh, the game. Can I interject with some viewer comments here? Matt Decker, Airdrie, Alberta kid watching on Facebook, says you would think he was fixing a game the way the NHL reacted. Very good point there. Is that what they're afraid of? But can we at least realize he's not? This is the way the game of hockey has been officiated for 100 years. Don in central Ontario. Where did his comment go? He goes, even up calls are like cheating in baseball. It happens. James in Manitoba said, uh, this is new. Here it is. It's new news to Americans that don't understand this happens in hockey. Let me come back on that. Patrolman Pete in Winnipeg says, this is like when I was nine and found out that pro wrestling was scripted. You're, you're not serious about that, are you, in Winnipeg? I just said the other day how much you guys know hockey out there. We don't have a problem with even up calls. You don't even see people argue it. You don't even see coaches argue it. They know that it happens. It's like, ah, we were going to get one somewhere along the line here because they owed us one, which is exactly what Tim Peel said on the mic yesterday. I'm astounded. Has sports changed this much? I'm not sure. Kent Ridley is watching in Nashville. Says, good morning, you people. (laughs) To whom are you referring? Canadians? Anyways, I only got to two points. As you said you would? Yeah. Uh, So we're going to settle into this CFL stuff with Don Unamba, the Red Blacks, coming up after the break. The warm-up is brought to you, as always, by the Four Seasons Sports Palace, your home of the NHL, UFC, and Regina Pats hockey on their multiple big screens. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, YouTube, and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports talk streaming at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Podcast listeners, RP here to talk about Manscaped. Moose DuPont's with me as well. Moose, ask me about the lawnmower 3.0. Rod, tell me about the lawnmower. Okay, 3.0? The lawnmower 3.0. Listen, I've had this thing for what now? A month, maybe five weeks. Guys, I'm telling you, we've been doing it wrong. I'm going to tell you a little bit more about it. And you're just like me. You've been using big clunky razors. You've been using extension cords. You've been awkwardly maneuvering yourself over the toilet bowl or the sink. How about a battery-operated Small, handheld, with a headlight. So you see where you're going. Oh, my god! To sort of get those nooks and crannies. You know what I'm saying? No chafing. <laughs> well, I'm getting to that. But I'm telling you, it gets to the nooks and crannies that your regular facial shaver or a, a clipper doesn't get to. This guy, this guy, the Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0, was specifically designed for men. Okay, a lot of thought went into this. Don't just willy-nilly, you're willy. <laughs> Manscaped Lawnmower 3.0. Any other questions? I got to try it. I'm sold. <laughs> I still haven't tried it. All I've been able to do is listen to your testimonial. Okay, so right now, you guys, you can get 20% off and free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. All one word, FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use promo code FANSIDED20. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. 
Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. Welcome back, everybody. Just ahead of the president, Don Unaba, going to join us from the great state. Just on the Tim Peel stuff, the NHL referee fired this morning by the NHL for uh, being caught being guilty of a makeup call. I'm watching in Toledo right now. My friend Mick Gonzalez from ESPN Radio Toledo says, so I'm supposed to believe now that there's no makeup calls in hockey? This from a lead that called a penalty for an infraction and for diving on the same play? That happens all the time, too. Uh, from, from Glenn Erickson from Dub Network. He's watching in Medicine Hat. NHL overreaction just is a complete joke. How does the league intend to replace an official with more than 1,300 games experience? And from Nelson Vo, our content creator watching in Saskabush, he says, when sports are trying to lean into single-game betting, you just can't have a ref getting caught on a hot mic saying that stuff. We all know what happens. Just can't be caught on a hot mic. Then get rid of the mics at ice level. You're not going to change the game in the way it's been officiated for 100 years because of betting, are you? Man, it's twilight zone time in sports, I'm telling you. Maybe Don Unama can make sense of it. Let's bring in the president. Former Saskatchewan Rough Rider, Edmonton Eskimo, now Ottawa Red Black, and fan control football coach. How you doing, Don? I'm doing good, man. How you doing? Good. People are fired up today. It's over uh, a few things in Canada. One, this officiating thing. And now, if you don't mind me asking, the latest that the CFL players are being asked to take a 20% pay cut if there are no fans at the start of this season. What are you and your fellows saying about this? Um, I just I just got the news about it and just started hearing about it, so I haven't had a chance to talk to anyone about it. I've been sitting here thinking about it myself, and I wouldn't think that it would be a good idea. Uh, I mean, we already – a lot of players lost a lot of money last year and coming to this year with new contracts and stuff. So another cut would be uh, devastating to a lot of players and their families. So, yeah, there's, there's your thoughts right there. There's a quote. So are you just kind of – going to sift into this and, and figure it out a little bit before you make a plan for 2021, I guess? Like, like you're kind of saying you don't know enough about it just yet? Yeah, I don't know enough about it just yet to, you know, make comments, uh, you know, about it. But I'm definitely going to look into it after this and see what's going on more in depth. Okay, well, I hope for the best for you, and I hope to see you on the field. I hope to see all the CFLers on the field here in 2021. But listen, as you know, this isn't why we brought you on. The, the uh, Fan Control Football League had its People's Championship the other night. You got through yeah. the season done. Yeah, so you thanks to you for cluing us in that this was going down. And then I fell headfirst in it. I love Fan Control Football. You're a coach. Yeah. Yeah, uh, tell us how it went. Uh, it was uh, it was exciting. It was different. Uh, really, you got to see a real-life video game, and I got the inside scoop on a lot of stuff. <laughs> Well, let's, okay. um, we, uh, take us, yeah, take us from opening training camp, how you got involved, because I don't even think we had you on. We okay. had Patrick D as one of the co-founders, and just how okay. it went, because I think okay. we're all very curious. All right, well, uh, I actually got involved because a lot of people don't know this, but four years ago, I actually was a part of this league that tried to do this. We was in the IFL uh, with the Screaming Eagles, and it was fan control with the uh, fans actually calling the plays. So with uh, everything, with the downtime that I had, with everything being canceled in the CFL, uh, I stayed in contact with Ray Austin, the commissioner uh, with the Fan Control Football League. And we talked about different things and with our season going on. And I thought it would be a good opportunity 
uh, for me to come in and do some coaching. So if I want to do it further on in my career, uh, that I have that coaching experience there. So, you know, we had a couple of talks and he actually got me hired on. Uh, as one of the um, defensive backs coaches uh, with the league. And um, he got I got the phone call one day to come in, and it found out that we was going to be in a bubble in Atlanta, Georgia, where we actually came in, had to take about – we had to take past three negative uh, COVID tests uh, in the bubble before you was uh, able to get out, get with the teams, and uh, practice. And all players, staff, and everyone in the bubble had to do that. And uh, <laughs> keep going. So then you got through that. You you passed all your tests. So, then you started so, playing. So, yeah, go ahead. So, yeah, yeah then we, we started playing. Training camp went for a couple weeks. Uh, made a couple cuts here and there, a couple adjustments. And then we got rolling right into the game. It was 14, uh, the Wild Aces, the Zappers, the Beasts, and the Glacier Boys. Um and then, yeah, we had, you know, unique rules, you know, uh, starting with the with the coin toss. You know, we had the paper, scissors, rock instead of the uh, the usual coin flip. Uh, we had, you know, the, obviously the fans calling the plays. Uh, we had one-on-ones instead of field goals. We had, or pad attempts, we had one-on-ones, receivers versus uh, D-back. Uh, we had a draft every Wednesday where you actually drafted new players every week. So if a player had a really good game uh, in the first week and you wanted him in his team, then a lot of the fans would make sure that they drafted that player to their team. Um, following a draft, we also had a one-on-one skills competition where uh, players got a chance to win for their team different power-ups where you, uh, you would use those in the games to uh, kind of bring the video aspect of it. Uh, something that we had in the game was like for a defense, for well, they was offensive power-ups. Um, you could take a player off the field and play with, so it was seven on seven. So you uh, literally had an uh, opportunity where you could take a player off of defense and play six on seven uh, until that offense got a first down and then they bring that player back. Uh, we had another power-up with a fifth down. So if you didn't get a first down on fourth down, use your power-up as the fans and you would get one more opportunity to get that first down or the fifth down play. And uh, also another one on defense. Yeah, it was a lot, man. And another one on defense was um, if you lost in the pad attempt, uh, let's say that defensive back lost, you could throw your flag and use another attempt to where he could go again and give a chance to uh, give that player team another chance to defend him and stop the pat, the extra point attempt. It was unbelievable. So it was a lot going on. Yeah. And because of you, yeah, it was exciting art. Because of you and Khalil Carter, who I talked to, Coach Carter, and, of course, John Jenkins, I watched every week. And I saw the viewership climb and climb and climb and climb and climb. climb. Every single week the viewership went up. So people were loving what you were doing. But, Don, you have to admit, people said to me, Rod, how would you describe it? Like, not everybody has Twitch. I said it's like Arena Mm. Football League meets WWE. Yeah. What did you say? I think that I think that's what they I think that's what they wanted to do though. I don't think they was trying to have the same game as Arena. They wasn't trying to be NFL nor compete with NFL. They wasn't trying to be CFL. They actually were their own thing, and I got it. It was an entertainment, and, and that's what they got. They they did, and I also watched the games where they brought <laughs> Joe Montana in to do color and. Marshawn yeah. Lynch is an owner, but he threatened to play one night. He never actually saw the field, though, yeah. did he? Like, he tried to put his gear on, but they wouldn't let him. What happened with Marshawn Lynch? He, uh, he actually came. He did a bunch of commentary stuff and was clowning. Right before the game, he put his pads on and uh, wanted to play. And I think he got into it one of the players. It was a friendly, like, battle uh, they was talking. But I don't know what actually ended up happening and why he didn't end up playing. 
But I know at the end he was just like he was gonna let the young guys get their reps because there's only so many reps you could get in like the uh, time frame that we had in the game. So he just let them do their thing. But it would have been cool to actually see him go out there and run the ball a couple times. Maybe next year. So Don, we got some viewer comments yeah. here. Well, for one, Nick Lewis is watching. Yeah. Is your nickname the Mule? Okay. No, it's not the Mule. I'm the president. <laughs> That's what no, I thought. No, but he went. He went to. No, Nick Lewis went to. Um, he went to Southern Arkansas. We went to the same college, so that's kind of our hashtag at the school, the Mule. We're the Mule Riders. Okay, got you. Oh, there you go. So, so now He's you just know. showing love. He's showing thick, love. Thick Nick's watching. There you go. Jamie Nugabauer says, so much <laughs> to keep track of, one of our viewers, Nugzi. If you watch it, it makes sense. To hear it, if you were to read the rules, you'd get a headache. But to go out and play it, it actually mm. isn't that wild. Jason in Red Deer says, mm. WTF? This fan-controlled stuff sounds amazing. It is amazing. I was trying to tell people for weeks. Now it's over for the year, by the way, people. They already had the championship, the people's championship. Chris Bird in Toronto says, I didn't watch any games. Do the fans get to make any on-field calls? Chris, they get to make all of them. And, Don, I got to tell you, that's the only problem I had. There was like a minute between plays. They never figured out how to get the plays in quicker. And, you know, this was the inaugural season, so I'm sure they're going to try to, you know, fix it to where it's, you know, it's better, ran better, and we can get those plays out faster. But, I mean, obviously you're going to have some kinks anytime you do something for the first time. So, I mean, it was good for the first time, so hopefully they get that better. It was all it was all great. I just figured from week one to week four or five, they would have figured out a way in this technological yeah. world. But, hey, listen, I'm in. I'm hooked. Yeah. You said it yourself. It's about entertainment. The football <laughs> was pretty good. Oh, but yeah. I got to ask you, what was it like? Mm-hmm with Johnny Manziel, and then in the late stages, Josh Gordon playing. What were they like to deal with? How much did it help the league in your mind? Uh, that was cool, man. I mean, Johnny came in, you know, really positive, uh, giving energy to those guys. A lot of those guys, some of them had no pro experience. Some maybe had very little. So for a guy to come in like Johnny, was, uh, you know, it was a good feeling for those guys. They got to play with, you know, Probably one of their, uh, you know, super fan, being a super fan or something like that. And, you know, he came in very positive and knowing that he was going to bring, you know, more eyes to the fan control football league. And he did exactly that. Uh, later on, adding Josh Gordon. Josh Gordon also came in very humble, wanted to have fun and just play football. You know, I talked to Johnny when he first got there and that was his thing. He was like, he just got to play football. Like he was a little kid again. He was, it wasn't about the money. It wasn't about the media. He just wanted to have fun. You know, he was at home in, I think, Phoenix, Arizona, as he said. And he just came out having fun with the guys and, you know, doing what he loved. Did you have fun, Don? Yeah, I did have fun, man. Like I said, I was at home just training and chilling out in Dallas. So to actually get around football again, even though I wasn't playing and give advice to those young guys and, you know, give them knowledge of the game. You know, especially being out actually, you know, when I seen those kids, I was one of them before and, and down that path, down my road in my career, actually being there and then being where I'm at now and excelling in the CFL was a good experience. And those guys looked up to me. They listened. They showed me nothing to respect when I actually was coaching my peers. So it was an experience. Good for you. Well, that's the thing with Drew Tate. I mean, he's going to coach forever and probably you will, too, when you're done uh, playing. And hopefully that's not for a while. But the the players in the fan control football league did look very young. They were very fresh, very similar, I thought, to the spring league. Was it a lot of the same players? Mm -hmm. Uh, I think we did have some players from the spring league in there. So uh, it was a mixture from all over the place. This guy who's fresh out of college that was there. There's guys that's draft eligible there. It's just coming to get some film, keeping our name out there. That 
missed pro days. You know, we didn't have the combine this year. They're not having it. So it was guys actually, you know, really trying to get some looks and keeping things on their mind with this COVID going on. John, so there were North- some young guys out there. Sorry, Don. John O'Flynn in North Vancouver says, fan-controlled football, what a journey. Coach Unamba was a great presence. Super experience for the fan. A lot of questions are coming in, Don. I'm just going to give you one more, then I have one last one. From Nugzi, he said, was it frustrating okay. as a defensive guy at all with a game that is tinkered to be pretty geared towards offense? How did you notice that? Oh, man. That's funny that he noticed that. But, yeah, it definitely was frustrating at times. A lot of times, actually, it was handicapped a little bit. But uh, man, we just have to make adjustments, man. If you play defense and you know anything about defense, you have to make adjustments and make plays and find ways to make plays. So we adjusted. A lot of guys out there made plays defensively on the D-line, uh, linebackers, and our defensive back. So it was still was fun. From uh, from a player watching, Gennaro Alfonso says, Greetings, my bro, Don. Just passing that along from Gennaro. And I got to ask What's up, you, my guy? There you go. <laughs> I got to ask you. <laughs> how much you were around John Jenkins. And for those that don't know, the older folks watching will know, <laughs> if I say Porter Wagner, then I don't know if that means anything to you. He's an old country star back in the day uh, from the United States, Don. Mm-hmm. This is, he had the blonde wig on. Fans voted every week for what kind of pants he would wear. He had an American flag pants. Mm-hmm. He had like Zubaz leopard print pants. This guy is a mm-hmm. football savant now. You know that. He knows the game. Yeah. What did you yeah. think of Coach John Jenkins? Coach Jenkins was entertainment, man. He was everything that you say, he, he was must-see TV, man. I, I enjoyed the outfits as well as everyone else did. Okay, good. Well, I got, stor- I got stories. This wouldn't surprise you. There was one coach, he had a room with Jenkins on the road in the CFL, and he said uh, he got yeah. to the room, opened it. Jenkins jumped out of bed. All he's wearing was his cowboy boots. Watching TV. Man, <laughs> watch out. Like, oh, oh. <laughs> hey, see I wouldn't believe it. I would I could see it, man. He's a character. It was something he kept it fun though, man. And Fan Control Football League and everything they did done and with the entertainment aspect behind it, John Jenkins was the perfect guy for this job. He kept it fun. He'll do something new every single day. If you spoke to him, uh, he always would keep a laugh or smile on your face. And he, and he taught the game well. I saw the behind-the-scenes video yeah. of you guys' meetings. That, that was the thing. You know, kids were soaking up mm-hmm. what he was saying. Well, Don, I appreciate you uh, telling us that you were involved, got me involved in the fan-controlled control, league, and I love it. Oh, so yeah. I, I just want to say all the best. And uh, what's next for you? Just waiting for news on training camp? Yeah, right now I'm just, you know, going to get back to Dallas, get back to training, doing my thing. Uh, I try to stay away from all the social media stuff as far as the season going because, I mean, it could be – it's so much from two different perspectives. Like, one is, like, we're having a season. The other side of it is no way we're having a season. So, I, I uh, focus on the mode of control, what you can control, man. So, I'm just going to wait, see what happens, and just be ready when the opportunity comes. That's why you're so successful. President, thank you. Appreciate uh-huh. it. Stay safe, man, and hopefully we can it. chat chat soon. Good luck. Hey, man, appreciate you. You betcha. Don Unamba of the Ottawa Red Blacks joining us and coach in the fan-controlled football league. We'll talk about that and more when we come back. We'll talk about our poll question today. You're watching the RP Show on Game Plus TV Network, YouTube and Facebook Live, and 24-hour sports talk for Suds Full Service Car Wash at rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed.
Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now, back to the studio with Rob. We're back and we're live across all 10 provinces and 31 states on Game Plus TV. And we got some heat. We got some heat today. So hang on. Just a sports update. Andre Vasilevsky recorded his franchise record 12 straight win as the Tampa Bay Lightning beat the Dallas Stars 2-1. Vasilevsky made 16 saves as the NHL leading Lightning won their fifth straight overall. Kevin Lankinen made 33 saves. Patrick Kane had two assists. And the Chicago Blackhawks stopped a four-game slide by holding off the Florida Panthers for a 3-2 win. The NHL announced that the Montreal Canadiens have had their games through Sunday postponed. The league said the decision was made by the medical groups from the league, the NHL Players Association, and the Canadiens. It all has to do with a COVID outbreak at Santa Rabel, or at least around the club. Also, the NHL announcing this morning as casually as they can that referee Tim Peel will no longer officiate games. Basically, we fired him for being caught on a hot mic last night admitting a makeup call in the Nashville-Detroit game. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. hit a two-run shot in the top of the first inning off Zach Wheeler, and the Toronto Blue Jays cruised to a 9-3 win over the Philadelphia Phillies Tuesday in grapefruit play. Infielder Santiago Espinel helped the Blue Jays with two hits and an RBI. And San Diego Padres star shortstop Fernando Tatis, has uh, he was pulled from the game last night. Due to a back strain, the Padres say Tatis will be reevaluated today. He signed the longest contract in baseball history last month, 14 years, $340 million. And now he's hurt. As is George Springer, as is half the Blue Jays roster. Yeah. But I digress. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room and for Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. Look. We've had our take on Tim Peel being fired. I'm astounded at the National Hockey League for firing him for a thing that we've all known has been around in hockey for 100-plus years. And I see that everybody's watching today in the hockey and football crowd. The hockey people agree with me. The football people don't. And have you, have you seen this from Troy Westwood? No. This, I this love Troy Westwood. He's a brother. But he's a football guy. And he did tell me, I think, that he played junior A, and that's fine, but you're more football guy. And you know the football guy's always said to me for 20 years, stick to hockey. I got to flip it and say, as a hockey guy, stick to football. Because Westwood says, love you guys, but you're dead wrong. An official's job is to enforce the rules of the game, not to manage it. A penalty or offense is either committed or it's not. Not supposed to be a Mickey Mouse interpretation of an official managing a game. As from Westy, we're going to have to vehemently disagree on this. And Glenn Erickson's a hockey guy, writes for dubnetwork.ca out of Medicine Hat, and he covers Kelowna too. And he says, hey, Troy, I'm a big fan of your accomplishments as a player in the CFL. But regarding officials, don the stripes for a while, be the guy, then get back to us. And that's my thing just with hockey. I've played it. I've coached it. I've refed it. Nobody has a problem with makeup calls. We all know that it's part of the game. How is the NHL firing this guy? Because you're afraid of that it might look to betters that these games are fixed? They're not fixed. You've been betting on this game for 100 and how many years? They're not fixing the games. They're not. Officials don't want one team to win or another team to lose. They don't. You know, sometimes they don't want to call a penalty when you bring down a player because that player made you look bad before by diving. Right, we've talked about that earlier. That happens, you know, managing the game. Um, and that's why when the games get into the, when you get into the playoffs in the third period, you're not wanting 9, 10, 12 penalty calls a game. 
you want to manage the game. And that's why you look at, you know, a penalty is a penalty is a penalty. I get that, but we're not calling a penalty unless it's taking away a scoring chance or leading to a scoring chance, creating a chance, really becoming an unfair play, right? If it's not affecting the game, don't call it. You know, in football, there's holding on every play. We'll call it. Well, no, the holding isn't affecting every play. If it's not affecting the play, then we don't need to call it. Well, and I don't, but here's the thing. <laughs> this is just a good debate with Westwood, and we'd be great on a show together oh, talking awesome. about it. You know, you know, Leo Ezrins writes in, our good friend, the executive director of the CFL Alumni Association, and he says, single-game sports betting is coming with a crackdown on officiating and injury reports with it. Yeah, it's coming to Canada, but it's been in America for ages, as has hockey. So I think what this isn't, I don't think, a football thing. You don't really, really hear of a makeup call in football. I don't really know. I've never officiated football. I never played football. But that's my point with hockey. We just know that if the official's calling this penalty, it's a makeup call, and nobody argues it. You don't even argue it. Nobody was arguing the call last night with Tim Peel. Right. So that's my point. It hasn't marred the game. There's nothing wrong with the game. This is not fixing the game. And if you're going to bet on the amount of power plays, which I'm sure you probably could, you can bet on everything now. Probably. Uh, I wouldn't. I would put money down on the fact that the power plays are within one or two of each other because they always even up. At the end of the I could go back and pull my score sheet out from last night, Winnipeg and Regina. I think they were five each. We don't have a problem with it. And the NHL should know this. And the guy's in his last year. That's the worst part. He's in his last year. So say that again, Clark. Instead of uh, instead of instead of you know suspending him or something, they fire him, and that's how he goes out after the long career that he had. And in time, nobody will remember this. Tim Peel's got his thirteen hundred and fifty-four games. He's fine. From Elmer Jerkovitz, he's our officiating insider. Because we haven't heard from Taylor Shire for a while. Where's he on Our director of officiating. He's too busy being an agent now. Elmer, what can we call him? Our VP of officiating? Sure. Longtime ref and umpire. He says, I agree here. One of our important sessions for umpiring baseball is game management. Call the game, but also manage it. Give officiating a try, and you will understand it very quickly. So more people want to talk about Tim Peel being fired by the NHL today than the CFL players being asked to take another pay cut, 20%. And I'm okay with that. You take over the discussion. It's very similar to fan-controlled football. And uh, this, Jason, <laughs> this has blown Jason and Red Deer's mind from the Puck and Pigskin podcast. He's still going back on the fan-controlled football. Do you guys have that? Uh, he's fired in a million... Um, questions here and we got to go to a break but it was something along the lines of what this is real players playing football but the fans call the plays <laughs> yes yes and you should have been listening to me six weeks ago because the le- the season's over now you missed it so we got plenty coming up plus the voice of the pats phil andrews next hour what a great show today oh yeah we're talking uh, hey we're canada's number one daytime sports talk show we're also canada's only daytime live sports talk show. And you're watching on Game Plus TV and 24-hour sports talk 
for Suds Full Service Car Wash at uh, rodpeterson.com. Listen live. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Send us your opinions now. We won't victimize you unless you really deserve it. Now, back to your host, Rod Peterson. Curling uh, curling report for Verge Agriculture Time. It's down to eight teams after starting with 35 duos at the Home Hardware Canadian Mixed Doubles Curling Championship in Calgary. Lisa Wegel and John Epping topped Val Sweeting and Mark Kennedy 7-5 Tuesday in the opening draw of the qualifying round. To set up a match against top-seeded Laura Walker and Kirk Myers, the only undefeated pairing remaining at the tournament after going 6-0 in pool play. In other qualifying round openers, Shannon Burchard and... Catlin Schneider down Emma Miskew and Ryan Fry 10-6. Cad Rihanna Sahedek and Colton Lott beat Mackenzie Mitchell and Greg Smith 8-3. And Kerry Anderson and Brad Gushu got by Brittany Tran and Aaron Sluchinski 9-8. Sahedek and Lott will face number two seeds Jocelyn Peterman and Brett Gallant. Anderson and Gushu get number three seeds Jennifer Jones and Brent Lang while Burchard and Schneider are against number four seeds Danielle Schmeeman and John Morris. With every matchup scheduled for this morning, the winners will advance to the page seeding round with the gold medal game on Thursday. The top 12 teams emerged from five pools to the playoffs on Tuesday with the top four receiving first round buys in the qualifying round and the other eight meeting head to head for a chance to move on. Our curling report is for Verge Agriculture, helping farmers plan and optimize their operations across every field. Try Verge's precision farm tech software free today at vergeag.com. And I can't wait, Darren, as you know, to be on Verge Ag's podcast this week. We're doing the interview tomorrow. We'll be talking mental health and farming as the farm kid here. So that's cool. That's cool. So we have a hot button topic. Clark is so excited he's sweating that everybody is going off about this Tim Peel situation. We're all excited about it. NHL firing this referee. Well, we're not excited about that. That's dreadful. For admitting to making, uh, making a makeup call. From Todd Pinckney, one of our P1s on Facebook, he says, you don't think pass interference calls in the NFL and CFL aren't getting made up for something that happened earlier in the game? I'm not sure that we're ever going to come to a consensus on this. Chris Bird in Toronto says, I think the NHL did the right thing. What refs do with respect to game management is unwritten and respected. By letting this slip, Tim Peel gave the league no choice. I wouldn't be surprised, however, if in reality this is an amicable settlement between the NHL and Peel. That's not the point. He was fired in front of everybody for doing nothing wrong. Turn the damn mic off. That's not his fault. What have I said a million times? Well, they have mics on curling, and they swear. They get away. Why do they get away with everything? I know. But football and hockey players are, are, and coaches, they shouldn't have to change the way they do their job just because there's a damn open mic around. They shouldn't have to. That's going to ruin the game. You want to talk about integrity? That's what's ruining the integrity of the game is these damn live mics. I'm sorry. It's how I feel. Yeah. I don't know that I completely go along with that because I go by the nature of business that don't make decisions in business or in your workplace if you're not okay with it being on the front so page of the newspaper. You can make a makeup call, just don't say you're making a makeup call. Is that the point here? No. 
But I say if you're making a makeup call, you're okay with letting the world know that it's a makeup call because the whole Apparently world Apparently you're not. He just got fired. No, not the whole world knows. They only Cle- know because there was a mic. Clearly not. But we talked about knowing in hockey and being okay with it. The hockey people seem to, like, you know what I mean? We talk about coaches know that makeup calls happen and we don't have a problem with it. I'm astounded so many people don't understand what a makeup call is. I know. So I don't think the ref's Apparently not the whole world knows. Yeah, like I don't think as a referee I have a problem. Phil Andrews with us next hour. We'll talk about this and a lot of you people joining the discussion. Stick around after this break. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.